Hey, this is Janine with your Diamond Mentor Moment for Wednesday. We love our diamonds. We love our gems. We love sharing wonderful things about intercultural creativity and intercultural neural creativity. So I am here to talk about your intercultural connections, your creativity, and how the brain research really informs us on how to excel in both of those areas. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, they'll never hurt me. I remember saying that in my youth, and I don't know today, since the neuroscience has shown us so much, if that is still true. We are looking to talk about how Words can actually change your brain, and guess what? They can hurt you. The fMRI research is showing us just that. First of all, before I get into what the research is gonna be showing us and how it affects us and how we can do better, we are going to really quick go over intercultural creativity, why creativity is so important in our ability to connect through it all. First of all, creative thinking isn't just artistry, though artistry is very important, but creative thinking sits on several cognitive functions such as divergent thinking. Convergent thinking is very important as well, but especially divergent thinking, reframing and something called reappraisal, right? Really perspective shifting around that. Combinatory thinking, unusual associations, metaphorical thinking. Those of you who follow my work, we do a lot of metaphorical work and we'll be doing some in-person events on how to really strengthen that skill for creative thinking. And the World Economic Forum has, lifted, li has listed creative thinking as the number one skill needed in the workforce. So that is what I mean by creativity, creative thinking. But intercultural creativity is that cultural competence part with creative thinking. Cultural competence is our ability to observe similarities and differences with complexity, right? That's a key word, complexity, and to be able to shift perspectives and adapt our behavior in various cultural situations. So that's what I mean by cultural competence. It, it, it needs self-awareness, other awareness, and situational awareness, and it's a continuum, which means we can get better at it. It's a skill. Creative thinking is a skill. We can improve it, and that's why we're here. That's why my company and all our courses and our books are here to help us improve intercultural creativity. And so really looking at it, the seven gems and what I wrote about in the book, creative growth mindset, the empathetic way, cultural observation, really learning how to observe well, cultural curiosity, really learning how to be curious in our creative pursuits, but also in our intercultural connections, perspective shifting, authentic adaptation, and creating across cultures. What does that look like? All right, the brain. What does all this have to do with words and our brain? There's, I love reading, and there's a book um, called How Words Can Change Your Brain by Dr. Andrew Newberg and Dr. Mark Robert Waldman. And they describe research that they partook upon, and they conducted and they did research on the harmful impact that negative words have on our brains. They used an fMRI scanner to record the brain activity of research participants while the research participants were exposed to negative phrases and words like no. They found that stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters were released by the amygdala, right? The part that really gets you going with fear and interrupted regular brain activities that assisted with logical thinking and effective communication, which I would include creative thinking as well. 
So negative words, negative phrasing affected logical thinking and effective communications. And so they said every single, even a single negative word or phrase when focused upon for extended periods of time can damage key brain structures that regulate memory and emotion. And so we need to think about this. You know, sometimes, you know, you hear kids being yelled at, like, why didn't you remember that? Or why didn't you do that? Well, because you're saying negative words and you're affecting their ability to remember. Um, And the brain just, you know, remember what they're supposed to do because of the negative phrasing. And so verbalizing the negativity causes even more stress chemicals to be released in both the speaker and the listener. So this affects both parties. Words and speech can change the structures in our brains, changing how we perceive and relate to ourselves and the world. Uh, If you've been following my work, I have been talking about our creative journey. What does our creative mindset look like? Our creative identities. I have introduced the term uh, creative abuse, meaning a lot of adults are showing up into workforces with creative abuse going on. Um, Creative abuse is also the byproduct of other types of of abuse, especially in, in the childhood formative years. Looking at the work of Dr. Daniel Seeger, who talks about the integrated brain and those integrated neural fibers that don't have a good chance to to connect correctly if there's abuse in the the formative years. And so this all is affecting the way we show up creatively and the way that we connect interculturally as well. Another person that talks about this is Dr. Lisa Fieldman Barrett. And if you follow my work, uh, I'm always quoting her. She is a neuroscientist as well. And she's the author of the book, How Emotions Are Made and Seven and a Half Lessons of the Brain. And so this part, she talks about how words affect what's going on and why. So check this out. She says, humans are unique in the animal kingdom. However, because we also regulate each other's body budgets or our brain budgets with words, a kind word may calm you as a friend who gives you a compliment at the end of a hard day or a hateful word from a bully may cause your brain to predict threat and flood your bloodstream with hormones, squandering precious resources from your body budget. Once again, I can't be highly creative if my resources are going elsewhere. The power of words over your biology can span great distances as well, even generations. Right now, I can text the words, you know, I love you from the United States to a friend in Belgium. And even though she can't hear my voice or see my face, I will change her heart rate, her breathing and her metabolism. Or someone can text you an ambiguous phrase like, is your door locked? And I would bet that that would affect your nervous system in an unpleasant way. She goes on to talk about the neural layout of why this is true. This is very fascinating. She says, as they did some studies in her research lab, as their participants listened to the words, they saw increased activity in regions of their brain that are involved in movement even though their bodies are lying still. We also saw activity in regions involved in vision, even though their eyes were closed. But here's the coolest part. There's also increased activity in the brain system that controls heart rate, breathing, metabolism, the immune system, hormones, and all the the other internal stuff going on, 
all from processing just words. This is how powerful words are. Why do words that you encounter have such wide range effects on the inside of you? Because many brain regions that process language also control the insides of your body, including major organs, systems that support your body budget. And so she goes on to title what scientists call the language network, that they guide your heart up, up and down. And so the power of words is not just a metaphor. It's in your brain wiring. We see similar wiring in other animals. And so I just wanted to share this, this powerful point um, that Miss Amy Cammy, another fellow researcher and facilitator, knows about how music can affect your, your body. But this is about how words can affect your body. Or sometimes music is like a musical phrase, right? Or a musical message. There's so many ways to communicate things. But physical words actually overlap in the brain area that affects your heart rate metabolism, immune system. So I'm all about giving um, just some tips and some solutions as well. And so I'm a parent, I'm a teacher, I'm a leader, I'm, I'm a, a CEO. Like I'm definitely over people and I have to be mindful of the words that I'm using when I'm instructing, disciplining and correcting those in my, my care. And so I just want to give you some options when I'm disciplining like my, my son, Sean, the creative kid, right? Um, I'm very mindful of separating the choice that he's made from the identity of who he is. And so I hear sometimes people saying, oh, you're a bad boy, you're a bad boy. I never say that because that's a now attacking his identity. If I'm unhappy with the choice he made, I say, ooh, that's, that wasn't a good choice. But you, you're a kind of compassionate young young man. You know, you're 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 a, you're a person who shares. You're a great sharer. You're kind and compassionate, and you really try hard. Look at you going at it and 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 being persist persistent. Those are the type of phrases I want to attach to his identity. But if he makes a bad choice, which he does, he is for. Um, I want to look at the choices he made. Like, ooh, yeah, like uh, that should not probably have done, let's see if we can choose a different choice or what would have been a better way to, to respond to that stimulus. So being aware of how we respond to people, being aware of the phrasing that we're using, being aware, aware of the tone. This is why music instruction is so important because the tone of your voice is really, really important as well. So I just wanted to share that diamond mentor moment. Your words are powerful, they can break brain bones <laughs> to, you know, metaphorically do that. So sticks and stones can break your bones, but, but words can also hurt you and have a very long lasting effect. So keep that in mind when you're speaking over those in your charge, your children, your students, your, your team members, and anyone, those who you're looking to build up with positive words. The last slide that I didn't talk about was microaggressions, something I, I called subtle acts of exclusion. Microaggressions come pound and they add to changing the brain in a negative way. And so that's why if you're the recipient of microaggressions, you know, really having it dealt with, really working on or having people be allies and working on the inclusion of your area, self-care is a big point, uh, your own identity, working on that is a big point. And if you are the perpetrator of microaggressions, really having that self-awareness, really having that 
that ability to learn better phrasing and the effect of your words, the, the impact, right? Not just the intent, but the impact of your words. So I hope that helps. Don't forget, you can check out our books. I am creative by Sean, my four-year-old and myself, and the seven gems of intercultural creativity. We look forward to having wonderful courses for you, wonderful in-person events on this and how to improve your creative thinking by improving your cultural competence as well and vice versa. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.